You're listening to Who's Your Single. Join us on our quest to pick more winners at the racetrack. And now, here's the leader of FBG Nation, Dan Cronin, joined by yours truly, CC Broadus. Hello, friends and fellow punters. Welcome to Who's Your Single for February the 24th, 2024. I'm CeCe Broadus, and I'm joined by the leader of FBG Nation. That's Dan Cronin. Dan, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Let's have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, we want to remind all of our friends that are listening to like, follow, subscribe, leave a nice comment. And uh, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us. Uh, we also want to remind guys that uh, you need to go to fatballguyracing.com, and that's where uh, Dan has tons of selections for all the tracks across the country. We're talking about Oaklawn, Fairgrounds, uh, Turfway, Santa Anita, Laurel, Oaklawn, much, much more, and, of course, college basketball selections as well. So we invite you to go to fatballguyracing.com. Now let's get down to business here. We want to talk about the – Racing from the previous weekend, of course, that's the Risen Star Stakes. Big day at the fairgrounds, and we want to talk about uh, Sierra Leone. Big effort there from Sierra Leone, a son of gun runner. I'm just checking here. I really screwed this podcast up. Uh, we, we talked 15 minutes before I realized we weren't recording, but I think we're recording now, Dan. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, Sierra Leone. And uh, that, that big effort, that son of gun runner, came roaring down the middle of the track to take down the Risen Star Stakes. Yeah, I mean, he, he ran great. Um, you got to obviously note that it was in the slop, and you got to note that the number wasn't great. But he's got the right style for the Kentucky Derby. In the last couple of years, we've had closers win the Derby since they've been drug testing a little bit more stringent. Those speed horses are not running off the screen. They're starting to stagger home, and uh, if that's a sign of the times moving forward, then uh, he's going to fit great because he's going to come running from way back, and if those speed horses go and start to stagger like the Derby usually does, I mean, they usually go pretty fast in the Derby to that half mile, so he's going to have the right style, I think. It's going to be about trip, and, you know, can he continue to progress because the number that he ran is not going to win the Derby. So he's going to have to get faster, and you know, as a as a as a three year old in his first start, he should get faster. But we'll see in the bluegrass because he's gonna he's gonna be uh, way back in the bluegrass and have to fly home. And I'd like to see him do it on a, a dry track, but uh, we'll see. A couple behind him that I wanted to touch on, of course, uh, catching freedom. Who ran third? I thought uh, Louis put him into the race. Louis Sias put him in the race a little bit too early. And he was wide coming off the turn. I think that hurt him. He ran green down the stretch as well. And I think this is the type of horse. He reminds me a little bit of Angel of Empire that uh, he might strike in one of the, the uh, next uh, series of prep races, either Arkansas or or maybe in Louisiana Derby, something like that. So looking forward to seeing what Catching Freedom can do. I don't think he can win a Derby, a Kentucky Derby, but uh, maybe maybe one of these uh, these preps. And then of course uh, Honor Marie is a horse I like going forward. I think uh, he, he didn't have a very good winter. He uh, 
he was uh, beaten three times by a maiden, uh, a maiden named Drip, who actually broke his maiden in his first start last Saturday. So uh, looking to see if we can get some more out of Honor Marie going forward. I think distance will be his friend. So uh, maybe a, a horse to watch uh, down the road. So, uh, uh, Dan, let's uh, talk about our singles for this week. we got a bunch of ground to cover here. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Let's go to race number eight at the fairgrounds. That's the first race we're going to cover. And this is a mile on the dirt for state bread. Louisiana, uh, yeah, Louisiana state breads, a hundred thousand dollar purse. This is called the Louisiana broodmare of the year. Lipstick junkie. That's a mouthful. Dan, what's your favorite shade of lipstick? <laughs> I don't know anything about lipstick, but I, I, I guess what you say to classy ones. You are you you're in more of that golf style like a like a no, dark God, shade. No. Oh, or you like no. something classy oh. like a red or or, or a bright yeah, I, red. I, I, the red with the red tight dress. No, yeah, yeah, that I like that better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, who's your single in race 8 at the fairgrounds? Okay, we're going to go with a horse a filly that I think really is going to love this distance. She ran it last time at Delta in the $100,000 stake. Got beat a neck at eight to one, Magnolia Avenue. You get Hara. You get a trainer that's really good, really high percentage trainer. Um, I, I think the distance is going to be the key for this horse because the other horses in here, I'm just not sure any of them want that mile, let alone that long stretch. So you got a sprinter on the rail that might really inject some pace. That to mess with the favorite, who's probably going to be the three light of Maine. Uh, Accommodate Eva is probably going to show a little speed. Clearly, Test is going to show some speed. So I, I think Magnolia Avenue is going to get the perfect setup if he can just time it right, not you know get too far back. The nine to two price to me is perfect. So I'm going to try to to blow it up there at the uh, fairgrounds with Magnolia Avenue as the single and late pick five, and then. Uh, Hopefully we can corral the rest of the races. That jockey Fernando Hara, isn't that that's the guy that rode Invasor in the Breeders' yes. Cup Classic, right? Yeah, same guy. Yep. Yeah, he's same been same guy that uh, a couple of the big shots in racing didn't like, and it hurt his career, and uh, now he's finally been able to circle back. Okay. All right. Good to see that he's back here in the states. So, all right. So that's uh, race number eight at the fairgrounds now. We're going to go down south to Florida, to Hollandale, Florida. And this is race number four, maiden special weight, mile and an eighth for three years old. Always love these maiden races at Gulfstream. And it looks like you've got a potential price. I wouldn't say a big price, but a, uh, a horse that uh, should, you know, I'm get sure some hoping for. I'm hoping for at least three to one or higher. I would I would I would be very upset if he was under three to one because right. as you said, I mean there's another horse staring you in the face and there's probably a third horse staring you in the face with higher buyer numbers. So you you would think they're gonna make the five corporate power the favorite, batting down probably be the second choice. And I, I like rough shot, the one for Todd Pletcher, Jose Ortiz jumps aboard. I know the horse ran at Tampa the first time. But the horse he lost to, Tireless, is another Pletcher who was one to two in the race. And he gave Tireless everything you can possibly give a horse without giving in all the way down the stretch. 
And uh, I just think the same thing may happen to where he's going to get the lead and he's just going to keep going. And somebody's going to have to run him down because I there's nobody, to me at least on paper, that can run with him early. So he's going to be clear to in front, which I, I love speed horses to in front. I don't want them a half a length in front. I, I don't care how fast they go. I want him to in front, and I think he will be. And then batting down with Paco or corporate power with Castellano are, are going to have to run him down. And both of them are seven furlongs first time out out of the speakeasy race. Yeah, they're going to get bet because of that race, but this is a mile and an eighth. You know, my horse has been two turns and run against a really good one and decimated the rest of the field. So all he's got to do is get the distance and he's bred to get the distance. I, I think Jose is going to be two in front and they're going to be life and death to get by rough shot. And I'm hoping for somewhere in the three to seven to two area again for the early pick five single and uh, another straight bet too. Was looking batting down the horse you referenced earlier is the son of Tappet out of closed hatches. That's that's a full brother to Tacitus who gosh won over three million dollars. And Scylla. It's a half brother to Scylla. You remember Scylla last summer? This Philly was all the rage. And I don't know if she's resurfaced. She's one she was two for two at Churchill. I haven't heard from her since. Yeah, so this horse could be any kind, you know, maybe maybe he needed it. I don't know, but I don't. I, I I have trouble catching Mott sometimes unless it's a graded stake. So I I just don't know. I mean, they bet this horse last time, and you know he ran okay. I know Speakeasy and Victory Avenue were just way better than everybody, but we'll see. This is a whole different going a mile and an eighth is a whole different ball game for young horses, and we'll see. I I, I want the horse two in front that they're going to have to run by. All right, that sounds fair. Yeah, I think you're going to get a good, a decent uh, price on your selection there in at Gulfstream. So let's go to Turfway now before we get to the main event at Oakland. Turfway race seven. This is the Wintergreen Stakes, $125,000 for fillies and mares going a mile. That's a two-turn mile at Turfway. And it looks like the heavy favorite is going, well, not necessarily. I was going to say the heavy favorite is going to be the three icicles off that romp last time in the likely exchange but i'm looking at morning line here yeah so your horse is the morning line favorite i don't necessarily know that's going to uh hold yeah so, I, was, I was surprised I, here. I thought i'd be third choice is kind of why I, I really like the philly i kept looking at this saying well icicles is going to take a bunch of money probably be the favorite and then the other cox horse chop chops got this cult following that they bet this horse every time she <laughs> runs, right. no matter who she's in against. Right. And she lost a botanical last time, who's a monster. So I thought, well, okay, flashy gem off of a layoff is going to be third choice. So when I saw eight to five, I went, ah, oh, you got to be kidding me. But it is what it is. That's who I like. And that's who I'm going to single. You know, if she's, if she's anywhere six to five or eight to five, I'm not going to bet straight on her. But if she goes up over two to one, I will. I, I just think there's horses that absolutely love Turfway. And then there's other horses that win here, but they, they don't necessarily love it. And I just think Flashy Jim loves it here. And she, she win last year like a thief in the night. Then they put her in the bourbonette right out of that. Um, 
and she ran into Botanical. You know, Botanical's just a classier horse and uh, would be one to five in this race. So Chop Chop's got that. So does Flashy Jim. But then they brought Flashy Jim back in December off a two-month layoff. I mean, I know she went off two to five, but man, oh man, she could have won that race by 20 lengths. She was done, wrapped up in a gallop when they were turning for home. It was so over. She just loves this place. And they gave her another two months off. I guess that's the key to her. They just, they can only run her once every about two months because she needs time. But she loves this place. She's got tactical speed, but she doesn't need the lead. So I think she's going to sit right behind icicles and we're going to find out which one's classier because when they turn for home, flashy gems going to engage her. And yeah, Chop Shop could run them both down, but I think Flashy Gem's just too good, and I think she's going to run away from them, and I think Chop Chop will probably be second, and I look for Icicles to stop is kind of the way I, I'm i picturing this race. But it's a tough race. One, Any of those three could win. Right. I just think Flashy Gem's going to prove how good she is. Yeah, I think Axel needs to just stalk. Icicles yeah. and not engage too early. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be tricky for him. He's, he's, he's going to be in the right spot. He just don't want to get hung up in a speed duel trying to uh, stay close to icicles early. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think again, you're going to get a fair price on this one. I, I can see this one maybe not just really getting overlooked, but maybe drift up from that eight to five morning line. Okay. Let's go to the big day at Oakland. Big, big card, 12 races here. And a lot of uh, maiden special weights, a lot of three-year-olds, a lot of stakes races later in the card. Uh, it's going to be a fun card to wager on. And uh, we're going to kick it off. Let's see. We we want to talk about at least three of these races. So we're going to kick and it one, off. And one we're not going to talk about. You're going to have to get the sheet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, we've got one. Yeah, it's right in the middle of the card if, if it's the one I'm thinking you're talking about. It so, is. Yeah, so we'll uh, – We'll we'll leave that up to uh to 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 the subscribers and, and like I said go to fatballguyracing.com for that. So we're gonna talk about race number three. Dan, who's your single in race number three? Well, I'm I'm gonna single on ninety percent of my tickets, but then I'm also gonna give you a long shot in there that I've heard a little story about. But in the third race at Oakland, Motown Dynamic just jumps off the page. He she was all the rage going into that first start. But we were the only ones. Nobody else had Galia Princess. I mean, I had people calling and texting me going, well, where are you getting this info? Nobody else has said this. Everybody else has given us the Asmussen horse. And I just kept saying, all I can tell you is what I heard, that Galia Princess is a freak. So Motown Dynamics going to get bet. She's going to be the favorite. But the Cox horse can really, really run. The race is going to be on when they turn for home. And they photoed. So the information was right on both horses. The third place horse came back and already win. So Motown Dynamic, her, they, those two works after the race, you can just ignore them. They weren't even really works. They just jogged her. Um, they didn't even let her. She was completely under wraps. So she's ready to explode again. She's probably going to be four to five, maybe even lower. She's probably going to air them. There's nothing in this race on paper that has any chance to run with her. I have no idea how they made cruise missile nine to five. 
that horse is going to be about three to one. Um, she, to me, she's not even in the same sentence, uh, with Motown dynamic, but there's a sneaky horse in here named Vino Bello out of Vino Rosso, uh, Riley Mott. I know Le Peru takes them out, but he is winning lately. But if you look at that last workout and we weren't able to watch it, they gave her an H. Well, they don't give, they don't give H's around Oaklawn. They don't give them at the Midwest tracks. H's on the West Coast mean a different thing than they mean in the, in the Midwest, which is a whole crazy topic I don't want to get off on. It's ridiculous that we can't get everybody <laughs> to do it the same way. But handily out of the gate, the last two works. And a guy that was watching the works called me and said, Dan, this Billy can really, really run. I said, well, you know, she's in against this big time ass And he's like, I know, but you're going to get probably 12, 15 to one. So you might want to just save just a little, maybe an exact, uh, you know, take a little shot with her. She's probably not going to be able to beat this freak ass nuisance, but by all accounts, she can run. So at least keep your eye on her, even if you don't spend a couple bucks trying to pull the upset. I'm all for it. That sounds uh, like sage advice. Uh, that Yeah, this type of horse you probably want to put in your stable mail. Uh, now that we know this information, you know, anything can happen first time out of the gate. She might miss the gate, might get in traffic trouble, might, you know, might just do a speed and fade. So you always want to keep an eye on her going forward. That pedigree, too, Vino Rosso would make you think she wants to go two turns. So Right, right. Yeah. So just keep keep your eye on her and see how she runs and – you know, maybe it's a next time, but to me, it's worth at least a little saver ticket somewhere in case she upsets this horse. Right, right, absolutely. All right, so that was race three. Now we want to remind everybody, uh, Oakland's going to have a middle pick five starting with race five and a, a pick four starting with race six, so you want to keep that in mind. And we're going to go now to race number eight. Now, this is my horse that I like. This is the Carousel Stakes, Phillies and Mares, six furlongs, and this is a $150,000 purse. My single in the late pick five is going to be number seven, Mucho Macho Girl for Dallas Stewart, uh, Dream Team One Racing. This filly has won three of her four lifetime starts. She gets, uh, yeah, they, 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 she's the second choice behind number eight, Zeitlos, at seven to five. But uh, I'm going to tell you why I like this filly. Mucho Macho Girl is a half-sister to, hold on, Hoist the Gold. Hoist the Gold, of course, ran the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Uh, has turned into a really nice horse for Dallas Stewart. Also a half, or a full sister to Mucho Macho Mama, who was a nice allowance winner for Dallas, too. So uh, this filly has gotten better with each and every start. Uh, looking at her third graph, she was really ran poorly at Keeneland, but then moved up to a six at fairgrounds, then moved up to a three in her last start. That's pretty good pro- progression. That three is probably best in this field. Uh, she looks like she's got some uh, forward, maybe another forward move in her. Even if she pairs this move up, she's probably going to win. She gets in light at 117. And, of course, Zeitlos, the seven to five favorite carries 124. So that's seven pounds difference right there. That's probably a length, length and a half just in the weight break alone. And, and, 
I'm assuming, uh, yeah, Zeitlos gets in heavier because uh, she won uh, these two big uh, allowance races, one at Oakland, one at Churchill, uh, coming into this. So, yeah, Mucho Macho Girl is the one for me. Uh, if you wanted to back up, I mean, obviously, Zeitlos is probably a B. I'll tell you another filly I like, or a mayor I like in there is I'm the boss of me, maybe for a, for underneath a, a, a really consistent mayor for Greg Compton, who's not having a great meet at Oakland on the win end. But uh, he's hit the board uh, 16 times out of 36 starts. So I think this uh, this mayor might have a shot to get a piece of this. But for me, Mucho Macho Girl in the carousel. I, I can't disagree with that one. I mean, just looking at the flow of the race, if she gets out broke, it's going to be maybe a half a length by one of those inside horses. So she should be sitting either – three abreast, two abreast, a half a length out of it, and have absolutely no excuse to where if she runs to those works and runs back to those numbers the last two starts, she's going to be really, really tough. And I, we all love Dallas Stewart as a person, but as a trainer, you got to know that he takes his time with these horses and they get better. He's not looking to retire them at three years old after five starts. I mean, he, He's looking for this filly to run for the next four years and, and make $2 million. So I, I, I think this horse is just now coming into her own and she may air this field and she's going to definitely get the jump on the favorite. So I, 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 I can't talk you off this horse and I think you'll get every bit of eight to five to two to one. She's, uh, she's only got four starts, so she's relatively un, unexposed. So, you know, we may not yep. even get to the bottom of her yet. And, uh, yeah, yep. I think there's a very good chance she can move forward once again here. So I'm looking forward to, uh, number seven, Mucho Macho Girl. So now we're going to turn the page. We're going to go to race number nine. This is the Honeybee. This is a Kentucky Oaks points race. $400,000, three-year-old fillies, mile and a sixteenth. And, uh, I'm struggling with this race. There's a horse that's a standout. I don't think it'd be a good idea to beat her, but there is a filly in here that I do like. So, Dan, I'm interested to see what you say, and then we're going to talk about my filly, and then we're going to figure out what to do. So let's uh, let's start okay. with you. Yeah, I think West Omaha may win the Kentucky Oaks. So I, I think West Omaha is really, really good, and I think Cox just decided to separate those fillies because he knew he had two good ones down there plus this one. So, you know, why run all three of them in the, in the Rachel Alexandra? You know, so he brought West Omaha here. You know, I, maybe she won't be, maybe she won't like Oakland. I don't know, but the, the competition to me at the fairgrounds for the three year old Philly division is just better. Uh, in my opinion, year after year after year. So I, I think West Omaha is going to sit second or third and, and, and run away. Um, I don't like the McPeak horse at all. Uh, two to one on band of gold. I mean, if she beats me, she beats me. She ran a monster figure in the slop. Uh, Denim and Pearls is about the fifth string horse for Cox. I, I, I don't think that race even com- compares. So, I mean, I know you like a long shot in here. I'm curious to know who, but, uh, I just don't know how, if, if West Omaha brings her a game, I don't know how they beat her. Yeah. I'm, I agree with you. Now, my problem was, you know, I like a favorite to kick off the, uh, the pick five sequence and there's going to be a favorite that's really going to be heavily bet later on. So I was, 
do I want to try to beat the favorite here? And I'm like you, West Omaha looks really tough in here. And another filly that's made forward moves in just about all of her starts. So she looks like she can move forward again. And yeah, I think she's gonna be tough to beat. The, the, the filly I like a little bit in here was number three, Honor Cat, who ran a big number December 8th when she was beaten ahead in a maiden special weight going a two turn mile at Oaklawn. And I thought, uh, well, I know that that number came back really fast on third graph. She did bounce on third graph, even though she won her next start going a, a mile again, this time on a muddy sealed track. Three-year-olds should be able to pair their tops every other start. So if, if you believe that, then she should be able to pair her big uh, number on December 8th. And if she does, she's right in the middle of this. Uh, 15 to 1 is worth the try, in my opinion. I think you'll get every bit of 15 to 1. Do you uh, think they'll try to send her to the lead, or do you think they'll try to take her back? I think she'll be close to the lead. I, I'm not a, I don't know a whole lot about Harry Hernandez. I, I think he's a Sunland or a New Mexico jock. But uh, he's he spent the winter here at Oakland. He's, he's had mixed results, nothing nothing special. So I'm I'm not crazy about the choice of the choice of rider. But he has been riding for Diodoro. And so I, obviously West Omaha is the one. I think you could spice up your exotics with Honor Cat underneath. But I think if he can get her to get back to that uh, the big race on December eighth. She's right in the middle of this, and you know, with a little luck, she might win it if West Omaha gets in some kind of trouble. So, uh, well, she's yeah, but, the perfect price to take West Omaha with her, with all in the in the try, first, second, first, third, and you know, hope she hits the board. If she hits the board, you could get a decent try. Right. And if she wins, you blow the board up. I'll tell you another filly that uh, keep an eye on, maybe toward the rails, Alley's Beach for Tom Amos. Uh, hasn't been seen since she won at, uh, or excuse me, hasn't been seen since she finished third in the Alcibiades, uh, behind uh, Candied and Vivi's Dream. Prior to that, she was fourth in the, uh, the spinaway. Broker made in Saratoga. I, I think it's interesting that Amos brings her here for this spot rather than maybe going in an allowance race and giving her a prep. I think, uh, that bodes well. Sometimes these three-year-old fillies can explode and they get better over the winter. So, you know, I, I wouldn't leave Valley's Beach out uh, if you wanted to spread. So, yeah, so, the, yeah, West Omaha is the one. So I, if you're going to play multiple tickets, I think most of them you want West Omaha on top. Like I said, I like I like Honor Cat a little bit, and I like Alley's Beach. And I think Band, Band of Gold, if you weren't there for the wedding, why do you want to be here for the funeral? You know, 24 to 1 last time in the Martha Washington and she wins by two and a half on a sloppy track. I assume we're going to get a dry track. Uh, I want her to, to, to prove it on a, on a dry track versus slightly better. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm on band to go. Obviously she could win it, but, uh, well, and, and look, look at her race in the untappable. I mean, she ran against West Omaha. She wasn't in the same zip code. So. I mean, they, they sent her to the fairgrounds. They knew they thought they had a really good one. So they sent her down to the fairgrounds where the good fillies always are. And she took on a couple of the heavy heads and didn't get a call. So I, I'll be, if Band of Gold 
is two to one. To me, that is a complete throwout. Try to beat her. Take West Omaha over the one and the three, Allie's Beach and Honor Cat with all third. Bet the exacta because the one and three are both going to be 10, 15, 20 to one. Those exactas are going to pay well because everybody's going to use the two and the four and the exactas. So you, you can get probably a 30 to $50 exacta for two bucks on the three and, and maybe 30 bucks on the one that, I mean, you're turning a three to five shot into 10 to one. So I think that's a good play. All right. And, uh, I'm going to throw one more out here. This Philly that I've been interested in for a long time and she still hasn't broken her maiden. This is number seven, lemon muffin trying two turns for the first time. She's ran five times. She's finished second in four of them. She's got a nice pattern on third graph. She's not fast enough to win the race. But if she continues to move forward, she's got a shot here to get part of this underneath. I, I would not, if you're playing supers, I would not necessarily leave this filly out. I mean, Dwayne Lucas has done stranger things in the past. This is a filly I kind of like going forward. So keep an eye on and see what she does. I, I don't, like I said, I don't, I'm not intending on using her here. Maybe just underneath uh, in like third or fourth in a super if I play a, a superfecta, which I likely will because I, I like this race now. Now, the more I talk myself into it. So, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, uh, number 10, race 10 is the Razorback. This is wide open. We're going to pass on that one and go to the Rebel Stakes. And there's really one. This is a one-horse race, I think. And uh, I'll let you do the honors. i be interested to see what you have to say about uh, about the heavy favorite here. Yeah, I mean, I watching him work, I mean, my God, he just looks like a freight train. I mean, his works, his body, his muscles, it, it's like to compare him to like a sport. He's like watching the muscle, the body of like a LeBron James, 6'6", 230 pounds, muscles everywhere. You know, he looks like a tight end in football. I mean, just watching him is just incredible to watch. And so far, other than the champagne, he really hasn't shown and run to what he looks like. But if if he finally grows up, which he might have by now, and comes into his own, he's going to run a number that the rest of them just cannot run. Now, why Florent Giroux's not on him, I don't know. I mean, Torres is obviously one of the leading riders there. Maybe Florent Giroux didn't want to leave for some reason, but uh, I, I think Timberlake, I'm not going to bet this race because Timberlake's going to be three to five, but I'm really, really curious to watch this race because the rest of the field just doesn't seem like derby horses. Just Steele's a decent horse, but he's not a derby horse. Common Defense is not a derby horse. Northern Flames, not a derby horse. Carbone is going to, is, you know, they're going to send him out of there, see how far he can go from the rail. But I, to me, it's just, it's not a great betting race. But I, I cannot find an alternative to say, well, okay, I'm not going to take Timberlake. Who am I going to take? I, I, I can't find anybody. There's just nobody that has the numbers to run with this horse if he just shows up. So, 
I say you either single, my dad says this all the time, either single or find a single in another race and hit the all button. Because if you don't think he's going to win, you can't let yourself lose because that means you think some some chaos is going to hit. So then just don't even try to pick it. Just just hit all and move on and and hope you beat Timberlake. I'm I'm the opposite. I think Timberlake's a cinch. If you play the late pick fours and fives, you just just take the free square and move on. And you know if he happens to get beat, then we're wrong. But I I just can't. CC, tell me I I can't find anybody else. No, I I think the three year olds at Oakland have been really below average. Yep. It's uh yeah I I just can't I can't bring myself to to beat him. Uh you know if you want to find maybe some horses in the exotics maybe. One of those uh, Asmussen horses, they look like they could be up and comers. You know, the type of horse that uh, steps up and win a, wins a Lexington Stakes down the road or something like that. That might be a, a right. A, a, a yeah, type the, Winchell, could, the Winchell horse, Dimatic. I mean, he right. could be a Lexington type horse, a, a you know, Ohio Derby type horse down the road. But I, I just don't. I mean, he's going to have to get so much faster to win. Right. Right. I mean, Carbone, maybe, maybe you, you have to draw a line through the Southwest and the horse was undefeated uh, coming into that race. But, you know, you, you're going to get a price there. That's a Matoli sp- stretching out. So I don't, I don't know if you've got much faith in that. But yeah, outside of that, I just, it's, it's not really a great field. I don't like Lucas's horse, just steel. I think that horse is just, just okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's Timberlake for me. Now that, that, that's a quandary. Because we've gone over three races and, and you're going to have three heavily backed runners in that late pick five. So it, you start to question whether or not it's worth it to play the late pick five. Uh, yeah, especially on a Saturday with so many other great races. I mean, Turfway's got great races, the fairgrounds, Gulfstream. I mean, they, there's, there's, there's pick five sequences that I can't wait to play. This isn't one of them. I, I just assume. Make one small ticket, try to hammer it, and be done. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun card, though, worth worth uh, watching. Like I said last week, uh, you want to get your notepad out, take some notes, and uh, watch a lot of these horses going forward. So, yeah, that uh, that wraps up the horse racing part of this. Uh, I'm going to run one by you real quick. And uh, There's a, a, a basketball game. On Saturday, okay. college game. It's a UConn Villanova. UConn that got absolutely waylaid the other night by uh, by twenty points, and uh, they they come back and they play Villanova. I, my guess is just looking at Ken Palm, they're going to be a ten point favorite over Villanova. Where's I'm, the game at? It's at home. It's at UConn. Okay. I'm thinking uh, Danny Hurley got into a little altercation after the game uh, with with one of the fans, oh, and. Boy. Uh, I'm I'm guessing that UConn's going to just come out and just whip the holy hell out of Villanova. I'm just curious your thoughts on that on on a on an embarrassing night like they had. I, I would assume they're just going to come back uh, laser focused against Villanova. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think they will. I mean, hey, I, I've I've heard this since I was a kid. My dad said it. My brother says it all the time that in a 30 game schedule, three games, you're going to shoot the ball out of this world. And that usually is at home, but you're going to be out of this world. I mean, just shoots 50, 60% from three. You're going to make everything in sight and you're going to win those games. Three games a year, you're going to be absolutely awful. You can't make a shot. 
You're going to go two for 25 from the three-point line. Everybody's going to be looking at each other going, my God, what happened? And then the other 24 games is going to be just like the back of your baseball card. You're a 300 hitter. You're going to hit 300. You know, if you're a 35% shooting three-point team, those 24 games, you're going to be right on your number. And unfortunately for UConn, Creighton had one of their three greatest games of the year. They made every shot possible, and UConn missed every shot possible. So it was just one of those games. It, it, it happens in college basketball, and I think they're going to come home, they're going to regroup, and they're going to be ready to just just breathe fire. And, and nobody cares about Villanova's record in the Big East. They're, they're rivals. When you're playing one of your rivals for 30 years, 40 years, you don't care if they're 500. You don't care if they're 20 and two. You're ready to play and you can't wait to whoop them. So I would not be shocked if UConn don't win that game 85 to 50. Yep. So I'm, I'm guessing, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not much of a, uh, a sports better. I, I assume you say UConn take the points, right? That yeah, has I, the right terminology. Would, yeah. Right, yeah. If it's 10, 10 and a half, I would lay the points. Now, if they put it at 15 or 20, then I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's more of a but pass. That, that's when I start doing parlays. And, and, and the thing about FanDuel's and, and DraftKings, you can buy, you can buy it down. You know, they, they'll offer, like, if it comes out 10 and a half, you can buy it down to five and a half. You know, they'll, they'll have those offers where you just got to pay a little bit more, um, to buy it down to get it to where you feel comfortable. I love doing that. And the other thing I like doing, I don't know if you do this, I love betting in-game stuff. So many times, say the game starts out and Villanova's up 15 to 10. You'll be able to get, if it, if that line started at 10 and a half, that line may go to six and a half. Only because the game started a little slow. <clears throat> and right. And you can really get some swings in the odds to where if you're convinced they're going to come back and win anyway, you can get a really low line if they don't start out well. So I, whenever I bet on a, a team that's like a three, four point favorite, I'm praying that the visiting team gets off a little hot and all of a sudden it'll drop to pick them. And that's when I'll nail it. Right. Convinced that the home team's going to make their run and come back and win. And I've only been burned a couple times on it. <clears throat> For the most part, you can really help yourself gambling like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I love the end game. I sit with my laptop on my lap watching that game. And if I feel like that run's coming from the home team, that's when I nail it right before that. I think that run's about to come. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sage advice indeed. Yeah. That's a, that's one of those digits. Stick your, stick to your guns. Uh, just like uh, handicapping horse races. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, take, take the opportunities when they, they come your way. So, all right. So that's, uh, that wraps up. Who's your single? February the 24th. Uh, Fountain of Youth Stakes, I believe, is next weekend. Looking forward to that. Uh, great weekend to come, though, at Oaklawn and, and other tracks around the country. So we want to remind you to, to go to fatballguyracing.com and uh, pick up all the selections that uh, Dan and his uh, uh, staff of handicappers have available to you. So on behalf of Dan Cronin, I'm CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.